Hey, uh, RJ, we got a huge week. Obviously, you got all three of the, the money sports playing this week, basketball, hockey, football. But I, I got to give a shout-out to our Badger wrestling team. 3-0 and on the weekend. They won on an aircraft carrier against Navy. Some people yeah. might say that's un-American to beat Navy on an aircraft carrier, but they do. They win the Duel of Valor. It's like the highest-ranked Badger wrestling's ever been. They're ranked third in the country right now, so shout-out to my Badger wrestling peeps today. Yeah, uh, had a had a clean sweep, beat Fresno State. Uh, actually, like dominated Fresno State. Had a had a little bit of scare against Army, and then uh, took care of business uh, against Navy. So, yeah, good weekend down there for uh, the wrestling team in San Diego. And uh, you know, you, whether it be the first matches of the weekend or whatnot, it looked like there was a little rust. Uh, I got to watch some of it on uh, replay on Flow Wrestling. So. Uh, yeah, a little, little rust could be kicked off for a couple of guys, but uh, other than that, there were uh, it was all good things to see for Wisconsin wrestling. Yeah, very cool. You should check it out watching it. It was a, a wrestling mat on a deck of an aircraft carrier. That's pretty cool. cool. Um, all right, let's. Uh, do you want to start, you know, should we go in sequential order for the week, RJ? And I, I guess let's just start then with tomorrow and... You know, I, I, it's been there, done that with Badger basketball as far as the, the Big Ten pregnant. I mean, it's it's every single year that they're picked seventh. I know some people in Badger Nation had their undies in a bunch. I'm like, I don't even care anymore. It's been 20 years. They pick them to finish seventh every year. And, oh, by the way, the, the same week the predictions came out for Big Ten basketball is the same week Wisconsin as a 32-point favorite in football lost to Illinois. Mm. So I'm kind of out of the prediction business <laughs> when it comes to the Big Ten for a while. That being said, I still think this is clearly a tournament team and clearly a team that can finish in the top half of the Big Ten. These are, you know, when you get to the selection Sundays, these are the games that the selection committee looks at. So it's kind of crazy to think about March right now in November, but I guarantee this is a game that whichever team wins tomorrow night, that selection committee will will value uh, on selection Sunday in, uh, in, you know, in the middle of March. Yeah, you're uh, you do. You're right. Whoever does win this, it's going to be considered a quality win against a uh, uh, more than likely tournament team because both St. Mary's and Wisconsin probably should be there by at the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, St. Mary's still a, a very prominent mid-major. Uh, not one of those, like, first games that you can take lightly. Um, and, you know, they have the help of a, a transfer who's, eligibility was granted for immediate uh, playing time. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. But, uh, yeah, coming off of the rumors you hear from the scrimmage against Iowa State, uh, watching the highlights from that uh, UW lacrosse game, granted that is the three, but still uh, we, we saw a, a more balanced uh, offensive attack by this team that looked more like uh, the swing than it has uh, in – even Hap's tenure, and it's always weird to say when uh, you lose probably your best player that the offense could actually maybe get better. Well, and, I, uh, RJ, yeah, we talked about this on Friday. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt, and Ethan Hap's an all-timer as far as Badger basketball, but to me, I, I don't think it's even debatable that this team, this was clearly a, an addition by subtraction, that this offense will be different and probably better without Hap this year. Yeah, and it's all because your bigs, uh, your your bigs who are going to be hitting the minutes uh, can step out and make a shot outside of the paint, outside of the uh, the defensive circle. And you know what? And Ebo's explained it before. That old man game, nobody could stop it. Old man game's real. His only problem was 
after the old man game, uh, he stopped himself. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how this actually all plays out, and we'll see, hopefully, yeah, a return to, you know, your guards playing down low, guys, big men stepping outside, a uh, Wisconsin team that everybody else decides to say sets basketball back uh, 50 years. So, RJ, let me ask you this, man. Um, I don't know if you know. I just want to pile on the NCAA. Another guy got cleared. Oh, um, a kid from Arizona, Jamaral Baker, he transferred from the from uh, Kentucky last year, already been cleared to play for Arizona. He played 28 games uh, last year. And now Micah Potter still sits without a clearance from the NCAA. Hold on. He transferred to Arizona? Yeah, well, yeah from uh, Kentucky to Arizona. Okay, and then so this team, Arizona, who got right in the middle of that whole scandal last yep. year, yep, is having a player allowed to play. Yep, who played 28 and, games last year. You know how many Micah Potter played in last year? How many? Zero. Did you know Brad Davidson was a high school quarterback? <laughs> you got jokes today, boy. Well done, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's ridiculous with the whole Potter thing. I know Greg Gard so, said he's going to keep fighting. Oh, here's where I was going to go with this. Tim Potter is dad. Actually, there was a tweet that he put out there. He said he's ready. One more appeal this coming week. So this week they have one more appeal. Uh, the city and the team have been more than great to him. It's hard because he wants to help them, but the NCAA is so inconsistent in their wording of their rules. Their rules fight their rules. There's too many rules. Yeah. So they're trying and to create I, one more hurdle this week. I, I talked about it with uh, Nelson on Friday. They have a different committee for each separate case for these uh, immediate eligibility things. So it's not even the same people looking at everything. It's different people. So, I mean, different people interpret rules differently. It's crazy how that works out. Right. How do you not have one committee that looks at this stuff? That way it's more it's more fair, it's more uh regimented and you get an answer per case from the same people not different people saying different things trying to make everything the same it's not going to happen uh so it once again i mean we've always seems as of late we've talked about how uh the nca just doesn't know how to run anything so uh at some point you know you just have to shake your head and i guess Grin and bear it, but... Uh, Grin and bear yeah. Hey, RJ, a visit with our Badger and Center, RJ. Final thought uh, on the hoops. And then we'll talk, obviously, uh, some, some Badgers, Iowa. Uh, he may not be the National Player of the Year, or he may not be a, a lottery pick, but I watched the game Friday night, and I got to say, my man, Reavers! Reavers! It's Frank Kaminsky 2.0. He, he, lo- he looks the part of Kaminsky, other than he's better than Kaminsky as he was as a sophomore. Now, obviously, no guarantees he makes that jump, but... Right. He is legit right now. He led the team in scoring. He's put on some some muscle. He can shoot it from outside. He had you know three three pointers. He's Frank Kaminsky two point oh. Yeah, and if he can be, I'll absolutely take it. Um, he's he's looking like that guy who can stretch everything and make create mismatches uh, in games. And now we just have to hope uh, that comes to fruition. So yeah, I, I'm absolutely loving what I see out of this team uh, in that one game we had against uh, UW lacrosse. So, uh, yeah, you, I, I like the return to what's promising to be the swing offense, stepping away from, you know, more ISO game, working outside in and 
going through one guy, uh, whereas this team, uh, I think we'll probably see a different leading scorer almost every game like we have in the past. All right, let's turn our attention now to Saturday. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to stick away from any like lock of the week or century <laughs> predictions. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Wisconsin is a 10-point favorite against anybody. I would normally say I learned my lesson because this would be a trap now the other way because I couldn't believe Green Bay was only a three-point favorite. I can't believe Wisconsin is a 10-point favorite, which means Vegas wants a lot of people to bet Iowa because that line seems ridiculous. Uh, that being said, your early takeaway on, on how you see this thing should be handicapped Saturday. Yeah, I was a little surprised at that, too, and just knowing, uh, being a part of the history of this game and watching a lot of this game, uh, a double-digit spread seems so odd to me uh, that I think I'd be taking Iowa in this based off of Wisconsin's last two weeks, um, based off of uh, what Iowa has been historically. They've had a good front seven, um, and it seems so far this year uh, the three teams Wisconsin has played that have a decent front seven, uh, they've struggled against, whether it be because they're afraid of that front seven, whether it be Northwestern, which that game is just even more hilarious now, Uh, Illinois, who their only thing they had was a front seven, but you decided to bottle yourself up. And then uh, Ohio State, who, yeah, top to bottom, they have draft picks, but uh, their front seven was definitely the best. So uh, Iowa traditionally has a good front seven. Um, Wisconsin's probably going to be dumb enough to try to run straight up the middle again, not test the outside, (laughs) uh, not try to uh, put the ball downfield into probably – in the Big Ten, the out, maybe outside of Ohio State, um, one of the best receiving groups overall, um, and try to get the ball in their hands. But uh, who knows? I'm not an offensive coordinator. Uh, but you play one on the Joe Ebo show. Just, yeah, but I play one on the Joe Ebo show. <laughs> Reverse. Uh, final thought then, RJ. Assuming uh, you know, because th- this is certainly you know, uh, Wisconsin has to win out. Now the flip side of this, which is going to be very slimy for me because I'm one of the guys, you know, I, I, I went to school at East, so I, I lived through that whole Sandusky paternal thing. I don't even think Penn State, they should have got the death penalty for that, in my opinion. But yeah, here I'm going to find myself, RJ, rooting for Penn State on Saturday because Wisconsin's only, and I mean only, shot at saving this season as far as the Big Ten title game is for Penn State to win in Minneapolis on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Minnesota's got the hard part of their schedule coming up now where you got... Uh... I think they still they play Penn State, they play Iowa, uh, and us, uh, and I forget who their fourth game's against. But um, you know, it's uh, they're they're undefeated right now and two games ahead. So uh, all Wisconsin can hope to do is take care of their business and hope Minnesota does a lot of losing, uh, and then you'll end up in the Big Ten championship game. You'll get your wish of going back up against Ohio State. Hopefully, team learned something from that. But still, uh, take care of your business this weekend. Uh, not much you can do about it. You already dug yourself that hole. Um, and, yeah, a lot of 
got to hope you do a lot of winning and uh, then uh, go home and do a lot of freight. Well, RJ, I don't know what your plans are tomorrow. I heard uh, Brookings is beautiful this time of year. So if you're looking for a uh, Tuesday road trip, I mean, why not go to, to Brookings for uh, Wisconsin-St. Mary's? I, I'm getting that's going to be a hell of a scene tomorrow night. Lit, dude. I, yeah, they're, they're playing in that Pentagon up there. Uh, they had a good showing the last time they played there. So uh, hopefully it'll be a good game and a good atmosphere for a Wisconsin win. Well, uh, we will hopefully be talking about a Badger win uh, when you come back on Friday, my friend. Have a good week. All right, you guys too. Danny Cunningham, former uh, Zone employee, now a member of uh, the score in uh, Minneapolis. Hey, Danny, by the way, congratulations. You've now made it to the big time. You have walk-up music. Uh, Burn on Cleveland. Absolutely solid choice, my friend. (laughs) I'm miserable. (laughs) Danny, how many crowns did you put down last night? Um, I last night was I probably only drank about four. This whole weekend in general, I spent the weekend in West Virginia in the hills of West Virginia. I probably drank about a bottle and a half a crown. The hell are you doing in the hills of West so, Virginia? Uh, my sister plays volleyball at West oh. Liberty University. She had senior day this weekend, so I'm gotcha. uh, currently walking through Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport. I just got off a flight. Well, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Dan. So there's a lot I want to talk to you about. Obviously, a huge basketball game tonight. But obviously, you, you covered the Browns for, for a long time before you came to us. So this Jermaine Whitehead story, uh, the breaking news is the Browns have, in fact, released him. That just came out about five minutes ago. Uh, obviously, he spent last year in Green Bay. You got John Dorsey, former Packer, assistant GM. You got all this Packer connection. I do want to talk about the Brown meltdown. But what when you saw those Whitehead tweets, were you just like, if this guy's on the Browns tomorrow, I'll be stunned? I mean, I, I thought that prior to his tweets, like if he was still on the Browns tomorrow, I'd be stunned because of the way he played. And then the tweets after the game were just insult to injury for him. And, I mean, he was complaining about a broken hand, but that doesn't give you an excuse to, to have the type of performance he had on the field. And then obviously there's no place for those types of tweets that he had. And even after his Twitter account was suspended, he didn't have enough. He went on his verified Instagram account and was, was talking to people threatening them. So it, it should be zero surprise to absolutely anyone in the world that he is now a free agent on the street well Danny then you got you know before that Baker Mayfield walking out of a press conference because he didn't like a question and then what what is how how are you doing as a Browns fan well how's the Browns in general my god so I was holding out hope until this weekend because yeah the Browns were two and five going into Denver but the Browns also had played the, the toughest schedule in the NFL I think the winning percentage of their opponents entering yesterday that they had already played. So the first seven games was like 680 or something. Like it was first in the NFL by a pretty considerable margin. So I was like, okay, you know what? This sucks, but there's hope. Like they've, they've played the Patriots. They've played the three good teams in the NFC West. They, they beat down the Ravens. There's hope here. They got, they have a real easy schedule the second half of the season, but yesterday was about as demoralizing as a loss that I can remember in my 26 years of being a Brown. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, this might be the most miserable year of watching the Browns I've ever had. And I sat through 0-16. I sat through 1-15. I mean, they've gone 3-13 and a handful of times. This is the most miserable I think I've ever been. Uh, visiting with our guy, Danny Cunningham. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it is, it's stunning, Danny, with um, the hype, and, and they sit now at 2-6. and six. So let me ask you this. I said, yesterday on the NFL Network, Jason Locke on Forum, we, and we've heard this, you know, locally in Wisconsin, but now it's getting some national play. That Mike McCarthy has he's got a staff, you know, in earnest that they get together every week and they review games and he's just sitting there ready. And I actually, in all seriousness, thought McCarthy would have made some sense in Cleveland. Young quarterback, John Dorsey, Packer connection. I can't imagine Freddie Kitchens is long for this world as the Browns coach. 
Uh, what do you think? Ebo's guy, Mr. Highly Successful, possibly in Cleveland in 2020? You know, Joe, I talked myself into this last night. Uh, after about the third glass of Crown, I said, you know what? Maybe Mike McCarthy makes some sense. I wasn't on board with Mike McCarthy prior to this season. I was I was a fan of the Freddie Kitchens hire. Obviously, I regret that that opinion now. But <laughs> I, I think that I think that Mike McCarthy would make some sense for this football team. I, I know things kind of fizzled out between him and Aaron Rodgers, but before that happened, it's it, it's easy to forget the amount of success that they had early on in that tenure. And if that could be replicated in Cleveland, obviously that would, uh, that would make me a very happy man. So I am I'm starting to be on board with Mike McCarthy. You said that you, you were holding out hope over that Denver Broncos, you know, hopefully getting to win. What is Mike McCarthy? He's the captain of hope. Mike McCarthy is the captain of hope. You, like, yeah, I you need him. It's all, li- it's all right. lining up right now. He's the captain of hope. <laughs> Yeah, oh man, yeah, the highly successful captain of hope. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, speaking of hope, uh, Danny, here, I will, we always, you know, you know the drill when you were here. We always start with negatives, we end with the positives. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk some positive for you. Uh, speaking of hope, what's the hope situation like in Minneapolis right now for the start with the T Wolves, man? Uh, second best record in the Western Conference, only one loss, putting up a lot of points, 118 points per game. That's one of the best in all of the NBA. What is going on with the T-Wolves start? Yeah, so they really wanted to open up things offensively, and I know Carl Anthony Towns didn't play on Saturday night against Washington, but they're trying to run everything through him. They want to kind of make him be like their James Harden, but in a, a different way than Houston uses James Harden, because obviously uh, Carl Anthony Towns is a six foot eleven center that has a much different skill set than a six foot four guard that James Harden is. But that's the type of thing they want to do where everything runs through him. He's going to have a high usage rate. And honestly, I I did expect them to have a very good offense, but their defense has been much better than I expected it to be. I thought that their defense was going to be near the bottom of the league, and that's why I thought they were going to struggle this year. But so far, it's middle of the pack, and when you have an offense that's playing as well as their offense is, a middle of the pack defense is going to get it done in the regular season. I think that they're going to be a tough team for opposing teams to prepare for. So they've impressed me. I was a... more on the pessimistic side of what I thought they were going to do. I, I had pegged them for their, their season-long win total, I think, was 35-and-a-half. I had pegged them for the under. But right now, and I know it's only five games in, but right now that doesn't look like a very smart bet. So what do you think uh, What do you think of this matchup tonight? I, you remember the old daily action zone. I, I took the Bucks minus five tonight, but, uh, I mean, I think an over is in play here. Obviously, Giannis, uh, you know, a, a bad game against Boston last week, but he, he beasted out, you know, over the weekend, and that, especially that game against the Raptors. How do you see this thing playing out tonight? I, I would expect Milwaukee to win this game. Now, if Carl Anthony Towns weren't suspended for his hugging match with Joel and <laughs> yeah, what was that? Different about what it? was that? Oh, my gosh. That, that was, we can get to that in a second. But yeah. um, if he were, if Carl Anthony Towns were playing, I think this would be a much more interesting game. But and, and Milwaukee does have to do more than just show up to win the game tonight. But I do think that Milwaukee yeah. will win probably by double digits. Well, Milwaukee, if I, to, if I had to guess, Milwaukee has this this dumb thing they've been doing at least two or three games where they don't show up in the second half. They show up in the first half, but not in the second half. So they just got to play a complete game. Yeah, and and what I've seen from Milwaukee this year, I, I've watched a couple of their games. I I watched the second half against Boston, but their offensive identity is a lot different this year than it was last year. They're still shooting three-pointers at a a really high frequency, but last year everything was either a three or right at the rim, and that's kind of what the Wolves are doing this year. But this year for Milwaukee, they're not getting to the rim quite as much as they were last year. That's that's why they've 
been able they've been able to be slowed down by opposing teams that you wouldn't necessarily think could do that to last year's version of the Bucks. Like I, I think that they badly missed Malcolm Brogdon because outside of Giannis, he was the second best guy that's able to get to the rim himself. Everyone else seems to be so reliant on getting there on a cut, which is a, a really good thing, but it, it's difficult when you need someone else to create that for you. They don't necessarily have a, a really good secondary creator that can be on the floor with Giannis at all times. Yeah, um, you know, Brogdon is really good at controlling that flow, and Eric Bledsoe is, I don't know, he's got that rib injury too, so I don't know. All right, you brought it up. I have to ask you. What was more entertaining, the fight or the hugging match between Joel Embiid and Carlton Towns or the social media fight afterwards? Oh, the social media fight was far more entertaining. Honestly, the most entertaining part about the actual on-court part was when Jeff Teague, the Wolves point guard, tackled Joel Embiid off of town. Because Joel Embiid is, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen him up close, but he's a rather large human being. He it's is every bit, every bit of seven foot one probably 285 pounds and, and Jeff Teague is roughly my size. I'm um, <laughs> six foot two, 195 pounds. That's about what Jeff Teague is. And he was able to get Joel Embiid to the ground pretty quickly. And Jeff Teague is a, a huge WWE fan. So yeah. I do have to think, and I haven't had the opportunity to speak with him since because they've been out of town. Then I was out of town. Um, I do have to think that that was kind of a lifelong dream come true for him. Just like, I'm sure he heard his music in his head as he's running up there, like he's running to the ring and he got the takedown. Well, Dan, you'll be happy to know another one of the the, the, the staples when you were with us on the show, uh, the D-Bag of the Week. And last week, the nominees were Baker Mayfield for his media meltdown last week and Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid for that fight. And would you believe it tied at 50-50? What an incredible D-Bag vote. So so there you go. Wow. A little, that was ever, the, that ever happened before? Has there ever been a tie? Well, Nelson will say yes uh, in his ultimate D-Bag voting, but we pro- we, we found out that there was a, there's a flaw uh, with Twitter. Well, so, let no. me ask you, did you vote for Nelson in that D-Bag fiasco? <laughs> I, uh, I voted for Nelson every time. Every time. <laughs> well, then you're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, w- I would go on the other Twitter accounts. On my, on my phone, Score North voted for Nelson. Um, any burner accounts I might have, they all voted for Nelson. Nelson was getting a lot of votes for me. Hey, he has yet to win a D-Bag this score on Danny, so hopefully you can goad him into a nominee and win it wouldn't be an ultimate d-bag bracket without uh, without him our buddy uh danny cunningham from the score north in minneapolis with us all right speaking of minneapolis a couple of couple other wisconsin connections before i let you go we we were asking today with the vikings and really the whole division losing yesterday did the packers blow an opportunity uh or get a gift what's been the sense in minneapolis since since that packer lost before yesterday you know undefeated kirk cousins nfc player of the month you know how much should we still be worried here in wisconsin that the vikings are going to be in this thing till the end I do think that the Vikings will be around till the end, but I'm I'm going to lean as yesterday the Packers blew an opportunity to really take a stranglehold on that division, especially with the Vikings game being over prior to the Packers game kicking off. Like when Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and the rest of that team took the field, they knew what a win would do for their not just playoff hopes, but hopes of winning the division and marching towards home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And they had an opportunity to put a stranglehold on it and they didn't do that. So I'm going to lean as that's the side of they blew an opportunity rather than they got a gift. But I I do think that the Vikings are going to be around until the end. I think that they're probably going to be one of the wild card teams. If I had to put money on it today, I would say that the Packers are going to win the NFC North. I think the Vikings will be the five seed. What's the real Kirk Cousins, the guy like a couple of games ago who was on just a killer stretch or the guy that's kind of come back down to earth? It's somewhere in the middle. Um, Kirk Kirk does need a lot of things to go well for him to be – the Kirk Cousins that he was over the last month, excluding yesterday, where, like you said, he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. He, he does need those things to go well. 
but it's possible when, when he can. And when he's rolling, it, it really is impressive to watch. Now, it's not like peak-level Aaron Rodgers, but it, it's really impressive because he's so good at play at the play-action pass game. He is just terrific at it. He is one of the best in the NFL at that. So I'll, I'll say it's somewhere in the middle. He's not the guy that only threw 10 pass attempts against Atlanta earlier this season. He's not the guy that threw the interception against Green Bay in the red zone that really cost the Vikings the game there. But he's also not the guy that just absolutely lit up four teams in a row either. Hey, uh, before I let you go, how pissed off are our Gopher fans today that, you know, they get the game of the century and they can't even get the spotlight because it's the same weekend of LSU and Alabama? I have no idea. I, I think it's a little bit of fake outrage, honestly. Like, this is a this is a fan base that now they are into it, but it, it wasn't – and you guys do have to understand that Gopher fans are far different than Badger fans because in, in Madison, where you guys are, Badgers, like it is the Badgers. The Packers are two and a half hours away. The Bucks and the Brewers are ninety minutes away. The Gophers, they're in, they're on the outskirts of downtown Minneapolis, and there's four major pro sports teams within fifteen minutes. So the fan base isn't necessarily quite as strong, in my opinion, just because there's so much else to do. If you want to go to a a football game, sure, you can go to the Gophers game, or you can get off one train stop later and go to the Vikings game. Like it's not as if it's the only thing to do sports wise around here. So. I, I think it's a little bit of fake outrage about the whole college game day thing, but it, it should be a good matchup. I think Penn State's the better team. I think Penn State will win, but I think it should be a fun game because the, the style of offense the Gophers play is fun. And I will say that they they do have two very legit uh, wide receivers that I think we'll see playing on Sundays one day. Hey, who's a more annoying head coach to cover, P.J. Fleck or Mike McCarthy? Um, I really don't cover the Gophers, so I've never oh. talked to P.J. Fleck, but um, – his act is getting a little bit better with me just because they're winning. But when they go in the tank and he's still shouting, row the boat, that's when it gets annoying. Well, I I am now steadfast, Dan, that after talking to you, that I want Mike McCarthy to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns in 2020. So I will start an online petition. Let's get this thing moving. Well, you guys, you guys do know who you're talking to, right? Yeah, founding member of the, the Mike McCarthy the, the fan pre- club. The president of the Mike McCarthy fan club. No, a fa- founding member. I'm not the president, but uh, head of v- VP, head of uh, communications well, well, as well. Well, tell, tell Thor Stan they need to get in touch with me. Oh, he, he already texted me. He said we're on it. <laughs> hey, great great stuff, Dan. Good to visit with you. We'll, uh, we'll check in again when um, gophers roll around here in Madison. Anytime, guys. See you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. There he is. Uh, you can follow him in, uh, on Twitter, Real Danny Cunningham, and a big game tonight, uh, Bucks and... Uh, T-Wolves, and yeah, that I, I kind of feel bad for the Gophers for about one second that in any other universe, this would be college game day, game of the year, undefeated Minnesota versus undefeated Penn State. What a great backdrop that would be. The only problem is it's the same weekend as LSU and Alabama, one Oops. versus two, Oops. and ESPN, who loves you know licking the SEC, do you think they're going to give any crap no. No. about no. Penn State and Minnesota the no. same weekend that LSU's playing Alabama? And they're going to care even less once Penn State beats them by at least two touchdowns (laughs) i hope they do like i said for about five seconds i felt bad for gopher nation yesterday because obviously you knew college game day and the whole circus of you know the college saturday they're gonna go to lsu alabama obviously it's one verse two but when's the last time Minnesota's been ranked 13th in the country? When's the last time Minnesota has been 8-0? And when's the last time a, another undefeated team came in? That if somehow, some way, Minnesota wins this game, not only are they going to be probably in the Big Ten championship game, I mean, you'd have to say, as at this point, they got a shot 
right. to win this thing. Because if you beat Penn State, who's the fifth-ranked team in the country, I don't think that's going to be the case on Saturday. But I didn't think Wisconsin would lose to Illinois as a 32-point favorite. I didn't think the Packers would lose to... Uh, the Chargers yesterday, so, so I guess hey, I can't rule out anything that it's be impossible that the Gophers would win that game on Saturday. You had a good tweet on Saturday, Miller. You want to oh, you want to yeah. want to dive in a little bit of that because Nebraska lost again. So yeah, if you have been following the Badgers, and I've been kind of lukewarm in the college football, I'm just bummed out the last two weeks. But Nebraska, I will remind Oof-ta. you, was the preseason overwhelming pick to win the Big Ten West. It wasn't College football even, playoffs, too. Yeah, they were like 5-1 to one odds. Because Heisman Award. It was ever, According to everybody in the know, it was going to be Nebraska and Michigan for the Big Ten title. And Yikes. it was about a 60-40 proposition that Michigan was getting the love. But Nebraska in the Big Ten championship game, Taylor Martinez was had one of the four or five best odds to win the Heisman. Nebraska had one of the nine or ten best odds to make the college football playoff. They lost on Saturday to Purdue, who was down to their third-string walk-on freshman quarterback. Tough. Nebraska is now 3-5 and five with four games to go. They basically have to win out to make to just, just become bowl eligible. And I said, as bad as things are for us as Badger fans, can you imagine being a Nebraska fan today? Because we, at the end of the day, I will remind you, Badger fans, at the end of the day, we were only picked to finish third in the Big Ten West. Yep. Nebraska was picked to win the Big Ten West and have about a coin flip chance to go to the college football playoff and had a lock of a Heisman finalist in their quarterback. They stink. They are now in the Big Ten, two and four, and are basically done for. For this season, they're done. Never forget dude. Scott Frost, just one winning season as a head coach. And he had to make up his own rings to win a national championship. I saw people really turn and sour on Scott Frost from Nebraska, saying it's a failed experiment and he needs to be fired. Oof, duh. Um, Tough scene. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota at 5 and 0, Iowa, Wisconsin at 3 and 2. Uh, the Gophers, by the way, obviously Penn State this week, then at Iowa. Then they get a terrible Northwestern team. They're going to win that. Then they Penn have, State's going to truck them. I think so. And if they do, then if Wisconsin can beat Iowa this week, because Wisconsin's going to beat Purdue next week. Purdue stinks. Um, then it would be Wisconsin and Minnesota for the Big Ten West, you know, up in Minneapolis. Yep. Which, But maybe, I also thought the Chargers would just get trucked by the Packers. Correct. Mm. There's no Minnesota's fool's gold, man. What do you think of uh, – can, 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 right, can we have a new lock of the century? I'm not doing another one. Penn of those, State over Minnesota. I'm not. Touching no, I'm, it. I'm calling it by two touchdowns. Okay. Plus. All right. You, you yeah, already, Nelson, you, I've you already used up. up your lock you of the century. Yours. All right. Hit, I know it says Joe's lock of the week, but I'm gonna just talk over it. I want give me Penn State trucking Minnesota. It's Saturday. Only, the line's only six. Lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock of the century. Joe's lock of the century. Book it. Book it. The. Uh, the line is. Uh, I'm doing that on a Monday, six. baby. It's six. Give and by the it. way, lock it up. Maybe you feel a little less bad as a Badger fan, but I said this during the Michigan game, and we were all down at the red zone for the Zombless pregame bash, which, by the way, will be back Saturday, one to three. Um, guess what time Penn State, Minnesota is on Saturday? When? 11 a.m. Wow. Well, because that's what Fox owns the Big Ten broadcast, yeah. right? So Ow. if you ever think Wisconsin's going to be good again, hey, I can like, go on the red zone and watch it before. Right. Um, they're Our never going to play a meaningful night game again in the Big Ten. No. They might play a meaningful bowl game or Big Ten championship game or, you know, I'm guessing Notre Dame will be prime, prime time one of the two years. They're never if, – if Wisconsin is good next year and Ohio State's good or Michigan's good or Iowa's good, 
Every big Badger game from now on is going to be played at 11, yeah. just uh, so you know. I'm just, I was thinking about this. Let me ask. So you already used up your lock of the century. I, <laughs> yeah. used, I just you used just my burned. lock of the century. Nelson, do you still have a lock? No, didn't Nelson his lock of the century was Notre Dame over Michigan? Yeah. No, that was lock of was the century. Was that week. just a week? Okay. All right. If you do, what if you win like five action zones in a row? Do you read? Do you get your lock of the century back? That's how many? Okay, Nelson, how? how I feel the, like you're gonna have to win more than five to get I it back. Do I gotta beat my best ever? I did eighteen in a row. Yeah, that's on yeah. the daily action zone ones. Do I have to 10. beat eighteen in a row to get back 10? my lock of the century? What if it's ten? It's gonna have to be at least double digits. I say ten. Okay, lock of the century a is a get, lock of the lifetime. If like, you want to get your lock of the century back, you have to win ten. You gotta in win a row. ten in a row. Yeah, then you All get right. your lock of the century back. Let's do it. Start. Right. I took the well. I got a daily action zone coming up in 15 minutes. I can start a new Tease streak it. Tease it. Tease at it. one. It has to do with the NBA and a new streak starting. We'll give you that uh, coming. All right, up. So I'm putting my lock of the century: Penn State over Minnesota. Um, yeah, Penn State, despite Minnesota being ranked 13th of the country in eight. No, uh, Nelson's exactly right. The Nittany Lions, a six and a half point favorite. Uh, oh, that's d- on, d- on d- double digit win coming for Penn State. Um, lock yeah, it up. And Wisconsin, a 10 point favorite. Uh, it's a lock. Against, uh, is Wisconsin, what do you think Ooh, of Wisconsin? Wisconsin? We don't have, I mean, we'll have a score predictor on Friday's Yikes. show. What do you think of Wisconsin? My, that's, that seems a bit high, eh? I don't know if I trust anyone over. Well, my bookie, it's favorite. currently down to eight and a half. So money coming in Iowa, I'd take Wisconsin. I think everyone's throwing them in the trash after one bad game against Illinois and one bad quarter against Ohio State. I think everyone's throwing them in the trash. Nelson, you lock of the century category here? There ain't no lock of the century. (laughs) You did watch the Illinois game. I can't put any lock on that team. Hey, by the way, Illinois wins again. How about this? They played Rutgers. I know that. They're terrible. But Illinois, with three games to go, is five and four. All the Illini need to do is win one game and they're bowl eligible. I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. Now, they do play at Michigan State at Iowa. You know what it's going to come down to? It's going to be rocking at Memorial Stadium in Champaign on November 30th. Is it ever rocking there? Well, Northwestern has one win on the season. And what could stand between Illinois and a bowl game is beating Northwestern at home. Remember when Northwestern won the Big Ten West last year? That was last year. (laughs) What the hell? So, yeah, think about this, Badger fans, in closing, and we'll get back to the Packers. It stinks right now. They were ranked sixth in the country. Jonathan Taylor was the front runner of the Heisman, and Wisconsin was set up for a showdown of the year with Ohio State. You could be a Northwestern fan today, or you could be a Nebraska fan today. You know, those those fan bases are having a much harder season. Who's got it worse? Nebraska. It's got to be Nebraska. It's got to be Nebraska. Yeah, they got it worse. The hype train, the, Nebraska – and the Cleveland Browns, the most hype for teams that have never accomplished anything. And how are the Nebraska's two and four in the Big Ten? Oof. The Browns are two and six. Just think of the lineage of Nebraska has, though the history they yep. have. Oof-ta. You know what we got to do coming up? I was thinking of worst losses. Who had the worst loss out of the NFC North yesterday? Yeah, that's a good question. And here, one more: Indiana the Bears, because they were just embarrassed. You see, after the first quarter, the Bears had negative one yard. <laughs> They had nine at the half. Negative one. Philadelphia quit playing in the second half, and the Bears still lost. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> hey, uh, but that's Matt a Nagy. It, that's a great segue, Ebo. <laughs> Did the Packers blow an opportunity yesterday that's with funny. the entire division losing, or did the Packers get a gift yesterday with the entire division losing? And did they miss an opportunity, or no harm, no foul? Because Vikings, most importantly, lose, but also Bears and Lions, and that 
you you lose absolutely no ground. Uh, what happened? You know, even if just one of those teams had won, you'd still say, well, th- there's a crack in the division, keeping the door open. I mean, you are still two games with the tiebreak, clear of the Vikings. Um, or do you say, look, you you are a favorite in a game that should have been very winnable. Vikings lose. You knew that going in. You win that game. You got two in the loss column in Hannah, Minnesota. Plus, you beat them head-to-head. Plus, you haven't lost a division game. You have all tie breaks. You basically, with seven games to go, have a three-game lead if you win that game yesterday. Now, certainly, a lot can change in seven weeks. But you feel pretty good being up seven with three. I mean, you, you basically have to go two and five. Yeah. And the Vikings would have to go five and two, six and one down the stretch. Well, I think, you know, for me, it's they blew an opportunity to help secure home field advantage. Like, yeah, it's nice that everyone else lost in the NFC North because the week, like, didn't happen. But when you look at home field advantage and coming to the playoffs, they missed an opportunity with that because I think we all agree the Packers go in the playoffs, barring some insanity. But Aaron Rodgers' injury. Yeah, but Nelson, you said this was – I think it's a gift. A gift? I, Do you, tell. Got, you had every single team in the division lose around you. And we talked about this last week for a lot. The Packers were 7-1, and one, yes, but how many fortunate calls and plays have they gotten this season – I could easily see this team being, you know, four and four. They're yeah, seven a, and they're seven and two. Yeah, they could have been four and four going into that game. I don't think if again you you can't do. I mean, you you can't beat yourself up too bad or this team up too bad because you can't get mad at seven and two, right? And, and no, not Nelson's at all. Right? I mean, uh, they had the, the Lions game would obviously be the biggest, but here's the comeback to that point. Eva would be go back to that Lions game. What was it? Nine nothing at the half. And all those Lions field goals. And what we kept saying, everyone kept saying, man, you give Rodgers a chance. You know, Detroit should have been up by four touchdowns on the Packers at halftime of that game. Same exact thing yesterday. It's 9 nothing, and you feel like the Chargers are completely dominated, yet they're only up nine points. Packers get the ball to start the second half. You're like, this is going to be the exact same thing that happened against the Lions game. Yeah. The, the, the Chargers should have been up 24 nothing at the half. They're only up 9 nothing. And the difference is this time the Packers didn't have an answer in the second half. I mean, half. what's more concerning to you, the Packers' play of the defense? They were on the field for 35 minutes, though, because the offense couldn't string anything together. You have Devontae Adams back, and the offense looked completely different than without Devontae Adams for yeah. the past month. It looked like they had to relearn everything. And the, you know, Aaron Rodgers maybe depended on Devontae Adams too much, but the line, the line five, what, five false starts? In the first half, was that what the it was? The line was terrible. Like Bakhtiari false start. I mean, that was he's been doing that a lot this year, though. Um, the line that was concerning, not using the running backs. Who was the guys that were winning you the games yeah. in the month of October? They the running backs. The g- you didn't do anything on the running backs. I know Jamal scored, but that was at the end. But you didn't do anything with the running backs. Uh, Rogers went quiet with his wide receivers, and then the defense was getting just big play after big play. But then before halftime, they held them the field goals, three field goals. It was nine nothing going into half. Yeah, so again, to Nelson's point, you don't, you don't you, you look at it as a gift, but then to your point, you look at it as a blown opportunity because as bad as it was, it felt exactly like that Lions game where you didn't deserve to win it, but you you don't ask how, you ask how many. And I, I no, I did. I felt like they were going to make that because you, you shouldn't give good teams and good quarterbacks a chance to stay alive, and that's what the Chargers did in the first half. And the Packers could do, which makes it even what you asked, what's the biggest troubling thing? That, to me, outside of the play of the defense, the running backs, the old line, to me was the fact that the Chargers tried to give them a chance yeah. to be in the game. They had no business being only down 9 nothing at the half. 
and yet that's how the half ends. And they, they couldn't capitalize on that in the second half. So the Packers ran it 11 times. That's tied for the fewest in a single game in at least 16 years. Think of that. That's crazy. And who won, who won those games for you leading up to this point? The running backs. Yeah. Well, it was the Aaron Jones show the last So time. after throwing for nearly 800 yards the last two weeks, Rodgers had, what, 161 yards in a tutty? It was very pedestrian. All It was terrible. It was, and Matt LaFleur says they were tired. I don't know. They just didn't look interested. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. What did he say at halftime? That they were tired? And then after the game, he said they couldn't implement their game plan. That's on him. I mean, pros are different because you saw it. Even even the, even a historic bad team like the Dolphins can rise up. But it does feel a little bit like Illinois-Wisconsin yesterday, where everything's going Green Bay's way. Everybody's picking them to win this game. Everybody says this game's going to be a joke because it's a de facto home game. It felt a little to me like Packers just thought they could roll out their helmets on a ball and beat a bad Charger team. Again, not a 32-point favorite. <laughs> Wisconsin's the extreme of that. But it did feel a little bit watching the game like this was Illinois-Wisconsin Part 2 that the Packers thought they were good enough to just show up and just them getting off the plane Mm -hmm. was enough to beat the Chargers, and clearly that wasn't the case. Sounds like the coach thought that as well if he didn't even think he got through all his implementation of all his stuff he wanted to do. Like, that's that's unacceptable. Yeah. If, If it's your job to complete this task or whatever you have to do, Matt LaFleur straight up said he didn't get to it all. How do you not get to it all? How do you not? How do you run the running backs eleven times, the fewest in the last sixteen years, when they were your bread and butter? Why you're on the four game win streak? I think you might are, have to listen to McCarthy a little more. Like, we're gonna run the damn people, ball. Where are the people screaming about that? Come on, what are we talking about here? Like, why would you go away with what was working? Let's just state the facts. I mean, I'm a highly successful NFL head coach. It, it they didn't they didn't get back to what they were doing yesterday. I don't know. I look. We can do conspiracy theory Monday and say they Devonte Adams. They you know they 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 worried too much about getting in the ball and they went away from what they were. Or the fact that Rodgers had moved up to the top of the MVP thing without Devonte Adams and that Rodgers forgot what made him the best quarterback in the league. I mean, over the last month, Aaron Rodgers looked. He he had a. They showed it. Three times during the first half that the the, the three-winning-game streak they've been on is Rodgers' best of his career. So yeah. I don't know if Rodgers just forgot how he had that three-game stretch or if we overestimated, you know, what Devontae Adams coming back would mess up the chemistry or, like I'm starting to think, they just were too cocky. It, they they well, started a, yeah. to believe, just like the Badgers started to believe that they couldn't be defeated by a bad team. The, the Packers believed yesterday they couldn't so be defeated this, by a bad team. This is what cracks me up. So Rodgers said the focus was off and the team wasn't locked in, but then he said that uh, they were reading too much into their own like clippings and whatnot. I thought those guys didn't read anything Exa- that the press did. Yeah, th- th- we've, we've talked they about that. They've told you time and time again that they don't read into it, but then they say after the game, yeah, I think we read too much into you know what everyone was talking about us. I don't know. I feel like this team just followed suit with the coach from what I what I'm hearing from the press conferences. It was just a look. You got to throw well, that we out. We were tired. It was a terrible day. It was a terrible coaching performance. It was a terrible MVP quarterback performance. It was a terrible defense that we all have fallen in love with this season. Performance. Uh, hopefully, it's you know, it's uh, it's a wake up call. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Mark in Milwaukee. Welcome to the Joan Ebo Show. Morning, fellers. What's, What's up, up brother? Living the dream. Other than yesterday's game, you know, the telling <laughs> series for me yesterday was the start of the third quarter because a Super Bowl contending team goes into halftime and says these are the adjustments we have to make we're getting out coached we're getting outplayed here we're going to change up what we're doing a little bit and we're going to take it down the field stuff it down their throat 
it's 9-7, we got the game in hand. But instead, they come out, they look like the same exact team they were in the first half. They, How do you not run the ball against the, what's the 26th-ranked rushing defense in the yeah. league? And that's what got I mean, them there to begin with, too, you know? so That, that, that uh, unfortunately, took me back to um, Evo's dad's days when he was coaching the team, and <laughs> you don't make any adjustments. To, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there. But you don't make it. any adjustments at halftime, you don't come out uh, on fire and you don't come out ready to play. So I'll hang up and listen to what you guys just say. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, yeah, buddy. You know, and Ron, or, uh, Mark, this has been kind of the uh, this has been kind of the thing early in the season, and I thought LaFleur came over that where, it you know, what was the rub, even in the Packers' wins, right? Even in the Bear win, even in the Viking win, even in the Bronco win, what was the rub? They kind of collapsed in the second half. And then kind of the, 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 the light bulb went on with the Lions game, and they played a terrible first half, and they played out of their mind the second half. The Raiders game was a complete game. The Chiefs game, I mean, that that's a hell of a win, right? You go in, to outlast the Chiefs last week in primetime on the road, and you kind of felt like, ah, LaFleur, eh, first-year guy learning on the job, give him some credit. Total regression yesterday. I mean, to, to be down 9 nothing and to give all those gifts, that game should have been 28 nothing at the end of the half. Yeah. You've got Rodgers, you know that you've had all these second-half comebacks this season where you know you've turned it around. To not, ha- I mean, to go, they went three and out to start the second half. That then I knew it was. I over. put it all in the offense. Like the defense, the defense did what they always do: bend, not break. It was nine nothing. How many times did they stop him in the red zone from getting in the end zone? Every single time. It, was in the nine first. it should have been twenty-one nothing. Then Rogers and the company. By the way, what was with that little shade thing they had? <laughs> what was that? I felt like he was. Uh, that you was know, the like, biggest. That was like 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 ancient Egypt I kind of say, stuff. I thought like he was the, Ramses the second, like and they were King feeding Tut. him grapes. King Tut's like getting paraded around with some like banana leaves. Yeah, and some these shade. guys holding everything. With some shade. I'm like, dude, that looks ridiculous. Get that out of here. I thought Get he was out. like in the movie Stargate when they yeah, had the, uh, exactly. the Pharaoh. Great movie, and, by and the Kurt way. Kurt Russell and James Spader are trying to take down the Stargate. No, there's a movie they should redo, Stargate. <laughs> Get that well, shade thing the out two, of there. They had the two interns, the two Packer interns holding up the tent. Well, we must hold this over Lord Rogers. Rogers. That was a bad luck. Bad luck. What was that? Ronnie, welcome to the Joe and Emo Show. What's up, Ed? Yes, uh, nobody on the team yesterday for the Packers and the coaches, they don't deserve their paycheck for yesterday. That was, I I sat out in the snow Friday night at Memorial and saw a better game in the slop than what I saw yesterday. Yeah, go Spartans, Ron. How about, and Sun Prairie with the big upset. How about Memorial Sun Prairie, Ron, to go to the final four in Division One? Yeah. Yeah. No excuse yesterday. It looked like the Packers took a vacation in uh, mm. L.A. than uh, yep. having a football on their mind. I better not see uh, any of that the rest of this season. I'm, I'm, that was I'm disappointing, a... Ron. That was yes. it. Yeah, thank you, Ronnie. Thanks, Good Ron. to hear from you, brother. You're the man. It was, it, look, it was Hot a t- takes, baby. It was, a, <laughs> it was a terrible game. I mean, look, I do you buy either one of you? Uh, well, no, no, it's, it's uh, the cackling hen done. Do either one of you buy? A Wisconsin-like look-ahead take didn't take this thing seriously from Green Bay. Of course, they're going to well, say hell, no. Rogers said, like, kind of alluded to right. it after the game. I just don't know how you do that in, especially when you watch when you watch the Bears crap the bed again. When you watch the Vikings lose with a backup quarterback, they can say they Aaron Rodgers, I love you, buddy. But you can say all you can lie to me all you want that you don't read the media or you don't follow. Yes, you do. They knew exactly. 
that the Bears and Vikings had lost before they stepped on the field. They, of course, knew that if they won that game, they had three games in hand on the Vikings. Don't tell me you didn't know that. It was a home game for the Packers yesterday. It's a terrible loss. It's pissing me off. I can't hear you, Nelly. Go ahead, Nelly. Did you see some of the – wasn't Rodgers and his family supposed to meet up in – No, you're thinking of Phillip Rivers and his nine kids. No, I could (laughs) have swore I saw something. Maybe I dreamt it. Can you imagine if Zach – Philip Rivers and me got together. We could we could start our own like colony. God, you guys have yeah. Wow. Man, God. Gavin, welcome to the Joe hey, Nemo hey, Show. Hey boys, how are we feeling this morning? Just What's getting up, it all off the chest, you know. Yeah, let's do that, Ebo. Hey, uh, you know, Rogers has to spin it positively. It's part of his job. You know, he has to say that he can't he can't sound too doom and gloom yeah. after the game. But there is no such thing as a good loss, guys. And and. It's not a coincidence that the New England Patriots are in the Super Bowl every year, and they've always got that first-round bye, and they're playing at home in the playoffs, and that's going to be big for the Packers. Uh, so, no, it, it's a bad loss. It helps with the division. Everybody lost, but ultimately the Packers, I, I think, need that first-round bye and need home field in the playoffs, guys, um, if they're going to make a dent there. Uh, outside of that, guys, just as far as, as the game goes, Joe, I agree with you. What you said earlier, I, I think uh, I think they did need some humble pie, though. I think the, the heads were getting way yeah, too big in I, Green I Bay. Saw, I could see Rodgers when he walked off the plane and they're dressing in costumes. I just I just feel like they weren't taking this game seriously, Gavin. I had a bad I, feeling after I made my pick on Friday. Like, this is too easy. I, I agree, Joe. And, and, and ultimately, what have they done? I mean, after two really poor seasons, they've won a bunch of regular season games against some not great teams. So I, I don't know why their heads are so big. I like that they have a great team chemistry and they're having fun, um, but there's a difference there between confidence and cockiness, guys. And and to the offense, things just never got going, and a lot of that was San Diego just controlling time of possession. But the fact that they never tried to establish the run is what got me. I mean, we kept saying it. You guys said it earlier that is San Diego kept kicking field goals at no point up to halftime there, were they ever, like, out of it with a, where you have to go up-tempo? Yeah. And San Diego's given up, I think, five or over five yards per carry this year. They're not a good run defense, guys. And, and so I don't know why they got away from that. The, the tackles played very poorly this game, um, and I did think Rodgers forced too much to Devontae, and that was concerning. Um, on the defense, guys, here my biggest concern is there, and, and it's the run defense. And outside of Dallas, when they, when they kind of stopped Zeke, I mean, they've just gotten run over every single week. And if you look at the teams that they're going to be facing in the playoffs, the Vikings with Delvin Cook, the Saints with, with Latavius Murray and, and Alvin Kamara, the Niners run on everybody. Yeah. Well, dude, what do you think um, McCaffrey's going to do Sunday? Yeah, forget oh, about I mean, he, Let's get to next he, week. Yeah, he, that's going to be a problem. And Blake Martinez is lined up on him and trying to cover him in the pass game. I mean, McCaffrey might have 15 catches next week. Um but they're not stopping anybody. I haven't heard Kenny Clark's name in like over a month. I don't know where that run defense is, but especially as the weather gets colder, guys, and the teams they're going to be facing, they need to figure out a way to stop the run. Teams are going to play keep away. And you saw it last night, guys. What did the Ravens do to the Patriots? Yeah. They just ran down their throat and kept the ball away from Tom Brady, and that's what teams yeah. are going to do to the Packers. So they got to figure that part out, guys. But um, – Still 7-2, so I don't want to be too doom and gloom, guys. Have a good one, fellas. Thank you, yep. Gavin. Uh, here you go, Ebo. You'll be happy about this. You did a, a back-to-back day of concerts, right? Tool oh, on Thursday yeah. night, ZZ Top Tool on Friday. Tool and ZZ Top, baby. Well, you are. Damn. You, uh, here you go, buddy. You're going to be a pi- fired up for this one. Breaking news just announced. A 
April 9th, 2020 at the Kohl Center in Madison. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Nelson's gonna be camping up for tickets Dude. after the show. This is a jam, though. This is a jam. Cher has just announced on her website she will be forming at the Cole Center in Madison April 9, 2020. Dude, Hell this is a yeah. banger. This song's a banger. I'm not gonna lie. Turn it on and rip the knob off. We gotta be getting tickets for this. That's right. You keep pushing oh me aside. Alright, 608 321. I didn't find that. It was NBC 15 four days ago. Aaron Rodgers and family reportedly trying to fix yeah. the relationship. Yeah. He's not focusing on football. I know. He yeah. needs to hate his Tell mom. His parents to get the hell out of here. Get out of here, Mrs. Rogers. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Evo Nelson sent me this. Um, one of the real controversial finishes yesterday. The uh, Colts and Steelers, where Adam and Terry... Oh, been, don't get him started. ...been a rough year for for Adam and Terry. He, he, we yeah, thought a couple... He, yeah, he was supposed to retire. Like he said, there'll be more yeah, on Monday. He said he was going to retire like a month ago? So he missed... A, not a chip shot, but it was much like the Bears. No, it was, it a, was a chip shot. Yeah, it's... In, I mean, when you're inside of 40 yards, if you're a professional kicker, I think it was 38 yards to win the game. Um, but did you see the picture, Nelson, after the game of the holder? I did see it. And did you hear what, what uh, Vinatieri's mom had to say after the game? No excuses. If he had held the ball laces out like he's supposed to, Ray would never have missed that kick. Dan Marino should die of gonorrhea and rot in hell. Yep. Would you like a cookie, son? <laughs> did you see that? The laces were Ooh. in! The laces holder out. for the Colts had the laces in! Joe, did it's I a controversy. See it? I had the Colts plus one. <laughs> yes, I saw it. <laughs> How many? If you're, do you think it should be mandatory watching? If you're an NFL holder, you have to movie Ace Ventura. Have to watch the movie Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. How do you not have the laces out on a game-winning field? I goal? feel like you gotta. You just hate that movie if you're a, a, a holder. <laughs> like you just hate that movie because you know you're gonna screw up every once in a while. And what Man. what is everyone gonna say? Oh, he's Finkel laces out. <laughs> That's clear as day. Nelson showed me the picture on Twitter. The lace. The, the, Adam Vinatieri kicked the ball, laces side in. The laces were not out. It God. was a screw job. Man, there was so many like bizarre <laughs> losses yesterday. It was crazy. So Nelson, so I didn't know you had that bet too. So yeah. did you win any money down here in Dubuque? Or no, did oh, every I bet it sounds like you lost. We'll go over it because you had Lamar Jackson passing for over 200 yards. He threw for 157. That was, that was the key one. If Lamar Jackson would have thrown for 200, I would have paid for my whole weekend and trip. So then you still had, had a few extra bucks. So you had that. You had Colts plus one. Yeah, that was a tough one. And Adam Vinatieri screwed you. Mm-hmm. And then you had Nate Diaz to beat Mazadal, right? Yep. And the, but, I mean, the doctor that one, stopped I'm not, it. I'm not mad because I, he was on the wrong side. The but doctor I'm just mad it. they called it early. Uh, Hawaii was a brutal one. Oh, yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, Rafa- that was Raphael's blood bank special on Friday. I took the NL on that Man, one, too. I'm going to start fading Raphael. Yeah, he's had a bad cold. run. we got to give him some some stuff on Friday. So when did so if you're making bets on the Sunday night, when did you get home? I got home. I, I See, I left. See, I left it going to be a good weekend. Lamar Jackson gives me a reason to go back in a couple weeks. So you left before that bet. Yeah, you know, I, le- I left at halftime of the uh, Packer game after watching that. I was like, God dang, that's a late night, Nelly. I know you don't sleep much, but Judas. Damn, boy. 
Uh, well, I, I mean, I ho- I would love to make a roadie with you sometime. Uh, yeah, that's those are some tough beats. But uh, for anyone who had the Colts plus one yesterday uh, or did a suicide pool and you picked Indianapolis and you're now out, uh, know that the laces were in yep. and Adam Vinatieri got screwed by the holder, whoever. I would assume it's the punter because isn't usually the punter the holder. Yeah, either the punter or the backup quarterback. Whoever the backup quarterback under punter is for uh, the Colts. Screwed you, Nelson. So Worst loss. Casino. Dude, and how about this? How about the Bears having negative one yards Oof. after the first quarter? Oof. They start, dude, before the game started, they had more yards. Nine they at the half. Negative though. one yards at the first quarter. Mitch Trubisky stinks. Matt Nagy stinks. Yeah, the Bears are the done. The Bears stink. The Bears are done. The Lions are now done. Uh, I, the Vikings are very much in this. Although, what was the worst loss of the NFC North yesterday? Because every team lost. What was the worst one? Was it Packers? You already said it, Bears. Bears? You think Bears? Yeah, Bears. Oakland's Oakland's a quality team. They're all right. I think they're exactly what uh, Detroit is. They're a decent team, and they were on the road playing the Raiders. I mean, Minnesota, that's a tough one. But Kansas City. Dude, Matt Morris. Yeah, they good put, in that system. They had a good game with the Packers. Oh. You know, you don't play quite as well. Yeah, it's a loss. Mitch Trubisky was 10 of 21 for 125 yards. That right there. That's it. That's bad. See, I, I mean, I would if, but if you're the Vikings and you you think your competition for the Packers, Green Bay won in Kansas City against the backup. So if you're Minnesota, you have to win that game yesterday. So I would say the Vikings because they couldn't do what the Packers did the previous week, and the Vikings still have to go play at L.A. They play the Chargers in two weeks, so. You know, assuming Phillip Rivers and the Chargers are back, what if the Chargers beat the Vikings? So then the Vikings would lose to the Chiefs and the Chargers, and the Packers would actually make up ground. So I would say the Vikings had the worst loss. I don't know. Looking at the Bears right now, they're uh, closer to a top 10 pick than yeah, they're done. Uh, playoff spot. Well, and the NFC is so stacked. A top 10 pick? When's, when's their pick? Well, you mean the Raiders will get a top 10 pick. Yeah. Yeah, ain't going to yeah. be the Bears picking it. the Bears. <laughs> uh, let's see. Packers. They stink. Yeah, yeah um, but just think. They got their quarterback of the future in Trubisky. They drafted up to get him. Yeah, I mean, the Bears at 3-5. and five, ah, the He only was a pro team, bowler. Well, here's the How thing. How bad was that pro bowl? Ooh, stinky. There's only two. Here, think about this, you guys. This will make you feel a little better about life uh, if, you, if you're bombing on the Packers. Only three teams right now have four teams. Excuse me, four teams have worse records than the Bears in the NFC: Redskins, Giants, Falcons, Buccaneers. <laughs> Those are the only teams that have worse records than the Bears right now. Oh, like man. they are a bottom feeder, not in the division. Right, they're a bottom and feeder. How in many the of those NFC. teams you listed have a top five defense? Right. Yeah. Zero. Dude. The Bears, them losing the way they lose, and it's my favorite comedy on Sundays. Now it is just. Something about it warms my heart. It makes me smile ear to ear to see Mitch Trubisky try and fight with a football. It's well, hilarious. it just shows you how fickle the uh, the 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 NFL can be. I mean, they were twelve and four last year. Had a great off season. Everybody was l- in love with the Bears and that it, they okay. were going to win the division. I by thought a the wide Bears would. I thought Trubisky would take the next step this year, and that defense would continue to be good. And you'd see the Bears, you know, have some supremacy because what's the NFL predicated on usually when championships? Defense, right? So on Sunday, Mr. Trubisky took like two steps back. Trubisky looks awful. Matt Daigie looks like he's taking two steps back. And I'm going to go right to they had a first and goal situation. They call a pass on first and goal. Second and goal, who do they bring in to run the football? Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen is almost my exact size. And he's you're running him in the goal <laughs> that line? That might be true, actually. Why don't you take 
Montgomery's Montgomery one of your best players, and, and you don't give him the ball. And uh, go back a couple weeks ago. Go back two weeks ago. The Bears had the Bears were in the red zone, and the refs bailed them out on two personal uh, interference or whatever personal fouls. So the reset on downs, and the Bears still had to settle for a field goal. The Soldier Field was booing them going into halftime. And go back even before they're in the red zone. They were trying to pound Cordell Patterson. Your two Why be- would you do that? Your two best offensive talents are Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. Allen Robinson's not on the field when you pass it on first and goal with Turdbisky. Then you bring in out of the I formation Tariq Cohen. He's 5'5", 160. <laughs> and you're going to pound it in with him? You have David Montgomery on the bench who's like six foot two thirty. What do you guys oh. prefer? Turd Bisky or Stink Bisky? I like Stink Bisky. I kind of like Stink Bisky. Well, Matt Nagy did smarten up by third and goal and gave it to Montgomery and they scored a touchdown. <laughs> Novel concept. Here, guys, go. You no, know, you can bet on anything. Next odds to become the head coach at Florida State. Some interesting names. James Franklin, 5-1. to one. Penn State coach has the third best odds. P.J. Fleck, 6-1, to one, has the fourth best odds. And guess who he's tied with? For the fourth best odds to be the next head coach of Florida State. Whomst? Urban Meyer. I think he's going to USC. He's going to USC. Ain't going to Florida State. James Franklin, PJ Fleck, Urban Meyer, and then of course the token Harbaugh at 20 to 1. <laughs> Bobby Bowden at 50 Bobby to 1. Bowden. Isn't he like 90? Bobby no, Bowden. No, so look up and see how old Bobby Bowden he's is. He's in his 80s for sure. Bring Bobby back. That would be awesome. All right, we're bringing this show back, wrapping it up. Best and worst of the weekend. Bobby Bowden is 89. 89? Hell yeah. Dude, Alex Hornibrook stunk on Saturday, too. (laughs) I bet he could still win more games than (laughs) Taggart.